Welcome to Payroll Country and welcome to the Payroll Country podcast. My name is Joe Peluso. Back in August of 2018, New York State joined a number of other states in the country and passed a law requiring businesses of all sizes to develop a very robust uh, sexual harassment prevention training program. It was actually pretty cool. The state provided pretty much all of the materials that any business would need to safely launch their sexual harassment prevention training program and be in compliance. But as is the case with nearly every labor law that ever gets passed, uh, some businesses still needed some clarity on what to do, how to do it, and some of the nuances of the new law. And because everything we do is to help businesses just like yours succeed, we brought in an expert. Kevin Wicca is an attorney at the Tarantino Law Firm, specializing in labor law. We've had him on before. Uh, he's a frequent guest on uh, our People Work series and, of course, on this podcast. Uh, I'm sure we will talk to him for years and years to come about labor laws that come up. But uh, back in back August, in of, August 2018, of 2019, CJ sat CJ down sat. with him to go over some of the finer points of the law and provide some advice to business owners and HR managers as to how best to proceed with developing and deploying a new sexual harassment prevention training program in accordance with the new New York State law. Standard disclaimer applies. The Tarantino Law Firm is still not a client of Complete Payrolls somehow. And this does not constitute an endorsement of the Tarantino Law Firm, even though we think very highly of them, uh, or the personal beliefs of Kevin Wicca or anyone at Complete Payroll. So with that out of the way, I'm very happy to present Kevin Wicca and CJ Maurer talking about the ins and outs of the New York State Sexual Harassment Prevention Training Law from August of 2018. Enjoy. Hey everyone, it's CJ Mauer here with Complete Payroll, and welcome to another episode of PeopleWork, where we talk to leading professionals uh, in the field of human capital management, payroll, HR, time and attendance, labor law, insurance benefits, whatever. If your job involves managing people and taking care of a workforce, we want to talk to you. Today, we are uh, joined by a return guest, Kevin Wicca, who's an attorney at the Tarantino Law Firm in Buffalo, New York. Kevin specializes in employment and labor law matters and has been an excellent resource uh, for us uh, with a lot of the content that we're putting out there. And today I'm really excited that he's here to talk about the new New York State sexual harassment prevention law, which a lot of people are really focused on and want to have answers to their questions. So first of all, Kevin, um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, CJ. Glad to be back. Yeah. So uh, we actually first connected. It was about five months ago. And our conversation was um, really mostly about, you know, how can employers in New York State work to just prevent harassment in the workplace uh, in the beginning? And I thought that was a really good conversation. But we didn't really get into the details of this new uh, sexual harassment prevention law because there wasn't a lot of details that that had been rolled out. Um, so today we're going to get into that and we're going to get into some of the the updates that, that have come down the pike in the more recent days. But uh, before we do that, um, why don't you just give everybody listening, uh, Kevin, if you don't mind, a general overview of what this law is and uh, what employers should know about it? Sure, CJ. Well, this law, this was something that was passed in April. It actually was part of New York State's budget. And the interesting thing about it is that it is really 
tailored specifically towards sexual harassment. So it doesn't address other forms of unlawful discrimination, whether it's race, a disability, age. This is focused specifically on sexual harassment. And there are specific policies that have been put in place. Uh, and what we've been waiting for, really, for since that went into effect in April, is for New York State to issue their model policy and model training. And people were getting quite anxious, to tell you the truth, because there was originally believed to be a deadline of October 9th, whereby employers would have to have their employees trained and would have to have these new policies in place. And we have a little bit more clarity now that uh, New York State has published for comments. So these are draft only materials at this point. It's on the New York State website. They have published a model policy, which is seven pages, single spaced, and they've published a model training material. They've published a draft FAQ section to answer questions. And they've put a date in by September 12th of just a few, two weeks away for people to comment. And uh, one of the key things that looks to be different is that the training deadline appears from the draft materials that that will be January 1, 2019. But it looks like these the employers will still be required by October 9th to have a new sexual harassment policy in place. Okay, okay. So so let's let me make sure I'm understanding this. First of all, the the two main components of the law are employers need to adopt a company policy about harassment prevention, you know, where they stand on sexual harassment prevention. They don't Correct. tolerate it, things like that. Correct. And number two is they have to regularly train their employees on sexual harassment prevention. Correct? That's correct. And there's even a number three, really, which is that now they have a model complaint form that should be attached to the policy and that can be used for employees to complete. They're not required to do that, but it is encouraged. And if, in fact, an employer receives a verbal complaint, and the employee does not want to uh, complete the written form, the employer is required to complete the form and should use that to start their investigation. That's a big part of the policy as well, that there is mandatory investigation that must occur within 30 days of receiving a complaint. Interesting. Okay, so it's company needs to establish and disseminate a policy, company needs to enact a training program and train its employees on sexual harassment prevention every single year. And then there needs to be these, these methods for receiving and investigating complaints. Um, so those are really the three parts. And to make sure I'm understanding you correctly, uh, the deadline for employers implementing and disseminating a policy on sexual harassment is October 9th. That's correct, as it stands right now, unless they change that, because the September 12th deadline is for comment on these draft policies. So I don't know how much time they're going to take to review those comments and when they issue the final policies or how many changes they make to these drafts based on the comments that they receive. So it's really a tight turnaround right now, even if you were to just look at the time period between September 12th and October 9th. Got it. Okay. So that's what, so essentially what these like 
model draft policy. So New York State, to make sure I'm understanding this correctly, New York State has offered a draft of, hey, this is what a good policy would look like. And if you adopt this or something similar, you will be in compliance. But instead of releasing it at the as the final version, it's a draft and they're allowing employers to comment. This is what the comment period is between now and September 12th. And then sometime between September 12th and hopefully the current August 9th deadline, they're going to release the final policy template to provide guidance for employers. Right. The October October 9th deadline. Yes. And oh, so you said August, but October. Yeah. Just to, just October, to make sure. Yeah. So, yes. The one thing I do want to just clarify a little bit off of what you said was New York State is not saying you have to use their policy. You said something similar. It has to be at least provide the same or more protection or information than what is in the New York State one. Got so, it it's really going to be a challenge. There might be certain industries where some of the things in the model policies may not be as applicable. So an employer may want to tweak it a little bit, but this model policy is quite a bit uh, different than what we would normally see as a traditional anti-harassment policy in the past, even for um, an employer that was really trying to keep up on what a good policy would look like. Okay. So that's that's helpful. Thank you. I think we've we, we've got a pretty good understanding on the on the policy component. What about the training aspect? Uh, what's the deadline? What do employers need to know in that regard in order to be compliant? Well, on the training aspect, it looks like based upon the F, the draft FAQ section and the draft training manual, there's a 24 page draft training manual that's available on the website. And according to those two documents, the New York State website, New York State website. Thank you. Okay. According to those two documents, January 1st, 2019 is the deadline whereby all existing employees must be trained. But that's not where it ends. There has to be every time a new employee is brought on board, you have to train them within 30 days. And then your existing force will have to have an annual training as well. So, and there are some specific things they're looking for in the training. Um, and the biggest thing that they're looking for is they want it to be interactive. So they want employees to have the ability to ask questions. So in the past, sometimes employers might use a web-based training. Sometimes they might use a live trainer. They're really recommending a combination of both of those. And that mm -hmm. may be practical, especially based on your workforce, to be able to have web-based training as well. Uh, but to have a live trainer as well that could answer some questions. It's important to not only talk about harassment being unlawful, but to give specific examples. So they like to use in the model training some scenarios that are laid out and ask questions of the employee so that they can give their opinion on whether they think something is harassment or is not, yeah. whether, whether or not um, the conduct is appropriate or not. So the big change that they're trying to do is to have it to be interactive. And that's going to be the key is finding out what exactly does that mean? Kevin, do we know yet how New York State is going to enforce this? Uh, is, are there going to be audits? Is there going to be some type of report? Uh, or do, have, has that not been announced yet? They have not announced that yet. So if you look at it based on how they've done other things, 
my guess is it's probably going to be some form of an audit. So if there is a complaint, they may go in and they want, will want to see that your trainings are being done. They will want to see your policy, your complaint form. So there are some things that employers should be doing to make sure that they're documenting their efforts. So for example, there's nothing in the model policy that requires the employer to have their employees sign an acknowledgement. However, I would recommend that based on the fact that you're going to have to show that you have trained your employees. Mm-hmm. So I would think record keeping here is going to be very important to show that the employer is in compliance. Mm, that's a good point. Okay, so this is a policy. New York State has released a lot of policies on a lot of different employment related topics over the years. How is this policy different than other policies policies employers may be familiar with? Well, it's different in a few ways. Um, there's a lot of ways actually, but I'll try to highlight a couple of the big ones. So one of the big ones is it applies to non-employees. And this is a real tricky issue for employers. So traditionally under the New York State Human Rights Law, under federal Title VII, those two are the statutes that prohibit gender discrimination and sexual harassment. An employer is only liable for conduct that occurs toward their employees. This policy talks about non-employees being covered. So if you have independent contractors, if you have interns, if you have vendors that are in your office working, they could potentially bring complaints against the employer. And it's unclear how that's going to fit within the structure of the existing laws as they exist. So it's hard to reconcile that right now. So we're going to have to wait and see how that uh, comes about, if there's going to be an amendment to the New York State Human Rights Law. So for example, if you have a an IT support person that is not your employee that's coming into the office and one of your employees is harassing that person, sexually harassing that person, this policy talks about non-employees being able to make complaints and having coverage. So that's one big area that we're not sure how that's going to apply. Another big area is that unlike what we've seen in most policies, the model policy talks about an employee, it it educates them rather on how to go about filing a complaint legally. So not only with the employer, but how to file a complaint with the New York State Division of Human Rights, how to file a complaint with the Federal Equal Employment Opportunity Commission or the New York State uh, Supreme Court. So you can give uh, the, you're giving the employees rather information on how to legally enforce their rights, which is quite a bit different. And it talks about statutes of limitation and how those procedures will work and what can be done. And it even goes as far as to encourage employees to contact law enforcement if there are situations of physical contact. So wow. there, there are a lot of significant changes, but those are some of the big ones in particular that we've seen. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, Okay, Kevin, based on what we know now about the law, the uh, draft model policies and the looming deadlines, what advice might you have for employers right now? Well, the first thing that that they're going to have to do is take a look at their handbook, because um, another big change is that most handbooks have policies that prohibit other types of discrimination and harassment as well. So the question for the employer in the short term is, are you going to make all of your policies similar to this one or leave this one as a standalone sexual harassment, maybe an attachment to the handbook? Um, 
you can have it digitally uh, available to employees, but they have to be able to to have access to that. So the first thing is you're going to have to do from an employer standpoint is to get this policy in place and really have an understanding of what it means. And I would recommend training your management staff separately than the employees so that the management staff has an understanding of how to handle this from their end because it's very different as far as how what role the the manager will have in there versus a rank and file employee. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of things start with the employee handbook. Absolutely. A lot of things. Um, kind of like an all roads lead to Oz. It's funny how that happens sometimes. Um, okay, so I don't know if you've already answered this question, um, uh, but uh, you know, if 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 you were in a in a consultative mode right right now, um, you know, how might you advise? Um, employers or, or a client we'll put it this way let's say a client comes to you with a question um kevin what do i do now you know how might you help them well well i think they can start to get ready but i would hold off if you can and i know we're running up tight against the deadline but the concern would be is if someone takes this draft policy and goes ahead and issues it before New York State has issued the final policy. There could be some significant changes because people are raising some questions, some of the ones like that we've just talked about as to how this is going to be implemented. And that's what the comment period is for. So I would be ready and start to get things in order so that it there can be a quick turnaround. But I would advise my clients to just, if we can wait a little longer before issuing that policy, the trainings obviously will have a little bit more time, but we're going to have to figure out what is going to be the most effective way to train employees that is realistic, um, practical, and can keep in compliance with the law. Great. Uh, is there anything that we did not cover today, Kevin, that... Um you would like to talk about or, or share with anybody who might be watching this, especially employers? Well, there's a lot to digest here, so I'm certainly not going to go and say that, oh, we've covered everything. This is a, there's a, there's a lot here and we're trying to really sift through it. This Good point. literally just came out last week. So everyone is trying to digest this and questions are starting to be raised. So there's a lot here and it, it is going to be challenging no question about it, to make sure that everyone is in compliance. I certainly understand the motivation for it. Uh, if anyone watches the news, there's been a lot of this over the last 12 months. But I think that um, it's one of these things where the, maybe the best advice is to uh, to stay tuned because there's going to be a lot more to come down the pipe here very quickly. Kevin, that's, that's really awesome. Before we break, um, I have a question for you. Um, really, really important. Tonight is the uh, last preseason game for the Buffalo Bills, and I see a football helmet on the top of your um, your hutch there. Um, I'm guessing that's a Buffalo Bills helmet. My question for you is who do you think starts at quarterback, I believe it's next Sunday, for week one of the regular season, and why? I'm going to go with Nathan Peterman. I think Peterman at this point in time has – put his best foot forward in the audition. I think Josh Allen is still learning and um, I have hopes for him for the future, but I'm not sure he's ready yet. I'm not sure that they have the pieces around him yet. And uh, it might be time for Peterman to hold down the fort a little bit until Allen's ready to take the helm. 
yeah, that uh, offensive line looks a little bit suspect. And uh, I believe I heard on the radio that Peterman had like an 80% completion percentage in the preseason. You certainly cannot ar- argue with that. No, I think he's done what he has to do to win the did what he had to do to win the job at this point. I think that last game that we had last week with Allen and the the offensive line troubles maybe hit the brakes a little bit on everyone's excitement for Josh Allen to yeah. take over and be the be the guy. Maybe, but not I don't know if it's it's he's quite ready yet. Yeah, we'll see. Well, thanks for indulging me and the the rest of the Western New Yorkers who are uh, watching right now. Uh, for those of you watching this, um, uh, below, lower down on this page, um, you will find a link to Kevin's um, law firm's website, the Tarantino Law Firm, as well as um, Kevin's personal contact information if you want to reach out to him uh, about anything. Um, Kevin, once again, thank you so much for being a tremendous resource to all of us here at Complete Payroll um, and everybody else watching. We We really appreciate it. My pleasure, CJ. I'm sure we'll be talking again soon about this. I sure hope so. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, so that was labor law attorney Kevin Wicca talking to CJ Maurer in August of 2018 about the New York State sexual harassment prevention training law. If you have any questions about any of the topics brought up during that discussion, uh, if you'd like to suggest a topic for a future People Work episode, or if you'd like to volunteer yourself to be a guest on a future People Work episode, uh, or if you'd just like to advertise in this space, please contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Podcast at CompletePayroll.com. The Payroll Country podcast is produced and presented by Complete Payroll. Complete Payroll does not endorse implicitly or otherwise the opinions or beliefs expressed by any of the guests of this podcast. Complete Payroll does, however, provide uh, payroll, HR, and timekeeping services to thousands of businesses all across the country in all 50 states, all from a small town in rural western New York where there are literally more cows than people. That's a true story. If you're interested in learning more or you'd like to start a conversation about letting Complete Payroll handle your organization's payroll, HR, or timekeeping needs, please feel free to visit our website, completepayroll.com. My name again is Joe Peluso. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll consider subscribing to this podcast. Either way, welcome to Payroll Country.